Good morning. A single guy decided life would be more fun if he had a pet. So he went to the pet store and told the owner that he wanted to buy an unusual pet. After some discussion, he finally bought a talking centipede, which is, of course, a 100-leg bug, which came in a little box that he used for his house. The man decided to take the box home. He found a good spot for the box and decided he would start off by taking his new pet to church with him. So he asked the centipede in the box, would you like to go to church with me today? We will have a good time. But there was no answer from his new pet. This bothered him a bit, but he waited a few minutes. And then he asked again, how about going to church with me and receive a blessing? But again, there was no answer from his new friend. So he waited a few more minutes thinking about the situation. The guy then decided to invite the centipede one more time. This time he put his face up against the centipede's house and he shouted, hey, in there, would you like to go to church with me and learn about God? This time, a little voice came out from the box. I heard you the first time. I'm putting my shoes on. <laughs> so this morning, I'd like to imagine standing at the base of a towering mountain, its peak disappearing into the clouds. You carry with you a seed, but it's not just any seed. It is a seed of unwavering faith. As you gaze upon the massive obstacle before you, doubt and uncertainty begin to creep into your mind. But then you remember the power of your faith. You hold that tiny seed in your hand. You feel its weight and its significance. With a deep breath, you plant the seed at the foot of the mountain. You nurture it with your unwavering belief, the water of hope and the sunlight of determination. Days turn into weeks and weeks into months. Your faith remains steadfast despite the skepticism of those around you. You continue to tend to the seed. You pour your heart and soul into its growth. And then one day, as you approach the mountain again, you notice a small green sprout emerging from the soil. With each passing day, the sprout grows stronger and it begins reaching up towards the sky. Your faith mirrors this growth, expanding and strengthening in tandem. People begin to notice that change. Some inspired, Others are perplexed, but you keep nurturing that seed of faith, pouring every ounce of belief into it. And as time goes on, the sprout transform into a sturdy sapling, its roots digging deep into the earth. Your faith has not only moved the mountain within you, but its new beginning is moving the, up the very mountain that stood as an obstacle in your path. The once daunting peak seems to shift ever so slightly, as if acknowledging the power of your unyielding faith. And then one miraculous day, the mountain quivers. Rocks tumble, dust rises, and the ground rumbles beneath your feet. And with a great 
breathtaking spectacle, the mountain begins to move. It's not a sudden, dramatic upheaval, but it's a steady, undeniable shift driven by the force of your faith. As the mountain inches away, you realize that your faith, though starting out as a little tiny seed, has become a force of nature itself. You've moved the immovable, not through physical strength, but through the sheer might of your belief. When nurtured and upheld, it can indeed move mountains, not just in the physical world, but within ourselves and in the challenges we face. We think about that concept of moving mountains is often used to symbolize overcoming seemingly insurmountable challenges through unwavering belief and determination. Our text this morning will be found in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And then eventually we'll make a reference back to James chapter 2, which is what we're studying in our Bible study. I like to use both of these to address the different aspects of faith and how it is expressed in our actions. Let's explore, I'd like to explore each passage and then discuss how each is related. Let's start with Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. It reflects upon a powerful story of faith, of, of perseverance that is found in the gospel. The story serves as a reminder of the yielding strength of faith and the transformative power of compassion. Matthew, beginning, Matthew 15, beginning in verse 21. Verse 21 sets the scene. The passage opens with Jesus departing to the region of Tyre and Sidon. I cite him. A Canaanite woman who is a Gentile approaches him. She's crying out for mercy on behalf of her demon-possessed daughter. Her plea displays to us the depth of a mother's love. And it also shows an unwavering determination to see her child healed. In this, we witness the beginning of a powerful journey of faith. We see a desperate cry for help as we look at verses 21 and 22. She is a Canaanite woman, a Gentile, as we mentioned. She's an outsider in the Jewish society of that time. Her daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, and in her desperation, she seeks out Jesus. Her journey to find Jesus reflects the journey of all of us who seek solace, who seek healing, and who seek redemption. She cries out to Jesus, and what does she say? Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. We look at verses 22 and 23. It shows her persistent faith. Surprisingly, Jesus initially seems to ignore her cries. What does he say? He tells his disciples that he was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. This interaction might challenge our understanding of God's grace because it might appear that Jesus is dismissive of her plea. However, Jesus' intention is to draw out 
her perseverant faith, her persistence on him to test the depth of her trust. Despite Jesus's initial silence and the disciples' request for him to send her away, we see that the woman persists. She kneels before Jesus. She demonstrates humility and determination. Her faith is unbendable. And it's undeterred by the social barriers that exist between her and Jesus and those around about. And it is, it is unshaken by the initial lack of response by Jesus and the disciples. This reveals the quality of faith that doesn't waver in the face of the challenge of setbacks. That brings us to verses 24, or 24, 25, and 26. We see the testing of her faith. She is undeterred. The Canaanite woman persists in her pursuit of Jesus. She approaches him. She kneels before him. And she pleads again for help. Jesus responds, stating that his mission is initially directed towards the lost sheep of Israel. This may seem like a rejection, but when you read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, you find that it's a test of the woman's faith. Jesus uses the metaphor of bread for the children and crumbs for the dog. He presents her with a challenge. Will her faith stand strong even when faced with seemingly difficult words? While this analogy might sound harsh, it was a common cultural reference from what I understand at that time. Instead of being offended, we see that her faith shines through. She doesn't demand equality, but she acknowledges her place. And in that, she also shows she believes in the limitless power of Christ's grace. Her response reveals her profound understanding of Christ's mission and her unwavering trust in his goodness. We look at verse 27 of the text. It shows her profound faith. The woman's reply is, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs. Now, I don't know. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Have you ever been posed with a question where either by the power of the person in front of you, like I remember people saying, I wouldn't dare say anything, you know, if, if they spoke to me, I would just sit there quietly. I wouldn't say a thing. Here's a woman in the presence of Jesus. And he has said to her, basically, that I've come to save Israel, the sheep of Israel. Like, it's almost like you're not good enough. You're not part of the sheep. Your group doesn't apply to me. I come for the Israel. But what does she say? Yet, Lord, I understand your importance. You almost get the idea of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus being like the rich man, all his power he has, and the woman being like Lazarus. And what does she say? Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs 
I'm a low person, yes. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Acknowledging Jesus as the master, but even the dogs get a little bit of crumb. Her response illustrates not only her humility, but her depth, her deep conviction in Jesus' power and mercy. Her faith doesn't demand a great big miracle. She recognizes that even a fragrant, a little fragment of his, his grace is significant to heal her daughter. We think about the woman who had that bleeding issue. And if only she could just touch Jesus's garment, she could be made whole. This woman here knows her place in life. She's not worthy in society, but yet she knows that Jesus is the only one that could have that power to help her in her situation. We read verse 28. It's a triumph of faith. Jesus's heart is moved by the woman's faith. Jesus commends her faith. And in that very moment, immediately, in that very moment, her daughter is healed. This healing miracle is not only a testament to Jesus's authority over all realms, including the spiritual, but also a demonstration of a transformation, a transformative power of faith. The woman's persistence and her unwavering trust led to the redemption of her daughter. This story stands as a testament to the power of unwavering faith and humble perseverance. The Canaanite woman's faith moved Jesus's heart and her daughter's healing became a reality. There are four quick things that I can take from this strong example of faith. First, we all need, like her, an unyielding faith. The Canaanite woman teaches us to cling to our faith when we face obstacles. Do we get rejection? Certainly. Sometimes do we have physical ailments? Yes. That is why we have a prayer list. That is why we pray for, pray for individuals. Those individuals today that personally mentioned themselves or family members individually, we sincerely pray for, along with all of those that we have been praying for on our prayer list. We also are faced with silence. We are faced with apparent rejection Faith is a journey, and we must be persistent in our pursuit of God's grace. Second, humility. Humility is the foundation of a strong relationship with God. Humility. It allows us to acknowledge our dependence on God, and it opens the door to his transformative work in our lives. The third thing is compassion and inclusion. We look at Jesus's response and it challenges us to recognize the inherent dignity of all people. It surpasses cultural, it surpasses social 
or ethnic barriers. We are called to extend compassion to everyone, just as Jesus did. And then fourth, there is a transformation through faith. Just as the Canaanite woman's faith brought healing to her daughter, our faith has the power to transform lives, our own and all of those around us. I would now like to take a moment to compare this thought with James 2. I like Brother Tom's sermon last week where he tied in that James chapter 2. So I, I'm trying to tie in that our Bible study along with this also. James 2 is a chapter that emphasizes the relationship between faith and work. The key theme is the genuine faith naturally leads to righteous actions. James argues that faith without works is dead and that true faith is evidenced by deeds of compassion and love. He uses the example of Abraham and Rahab to illustrate how their faith was demonstrated through their actions. Now, connecting these passages, we can see a parallel in the Canaanite woman's faith and the concepts that we see in James chapter 2. One, we see persistence and humility in faith. We see the Canaanite woman ex uh, amplifies both persistence and humility in faith. She persists in seeking Jesus's help despite what appears to be an initial rejection. And she humbly acknowledges her dependence on Jesus's mercy. In similar way, James emphasizes the true faith is accompanied by humility and a willingness to act in love and service. Second, we have a demonstration of faith through action. The Canaanite woman's persistence and her persistent pursuit of Jesus is an action driven by deep faith. Her faith goes beyond mere belief. It leads her to take action to seek the healing of her daughter. James argues that faith. When genuine, it naturally leads to actions that reflect that faith. Just as the Canaanite woman, her actions demonstrated her faith, James asserts that authentic faith is proven by deeds. And thirdly, recognition of God's mercy. In her in interaction with Jesus, we know that the Canaanite woman acknowledges her dependence on God's mercy. She understands that even a small portion of God's grace is enough to bring about the desired outcome. Similarly, James highlights the importance of recognizing God's mercy and his grace, which should inspire believers to extend mercy and compassion to others through their actions. So I'd like to summarize all this. In summary, we look at Matthew 15, we look at James 2, and they both underscore the idea that genuine faith is not a passive belief, but an active force that manifests in persistent action, in humility, and in a demonstration of love and compassion. 
The Canaanite woman's story aligns with James's teachings that faith and deeds are intertwined, which reinforces the principle that authentic faith is evident through actions that reflect the character of God. So in conclusion this morning, the Canaanite woman's story is a powerful reminder that faith is not passive. It's active, it's persistent, and it's transformative. Her encounter with Jesus teaches us that our faith should not be shaken by initial silence or by apparent setbacks. Instead, we are called to hold upon hope, trusting that God's timing and that his purpose are perfect. Just as the woman acknowledged her dependence and unworthiness, we must approach Christ with humility, recognizing our need for his mercy. In our lives, let's remember that our faith has the potential to move mountains. Like the Canaanite woman, let's approach Jesus with an unwavering persistence, knowing that he sees our hearts and that he honors our trust. May we be inspired to cultivate a faith that stands firm even in the face of challenges. And may we experience the miraculous transformations that come from encountering Christ with genuine and persistent belief. The lesson is yours. We know that Jesus has said, what do we gain or profit if we gain the whole world, but lose our very own soul? We hear the words, be thou found faithful unto death that you might receive that crown of righteousness set before you. May we do that with our faith. May we be persistent in all that we do. If there's anybody that is in need of the invitation, whether it be to be buried with Christ in baptism or for the prayers of the congregation, you have that opportunity to come forward as together we stand and sing our song of invitation.